We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All righty. We are good. Again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another edition of the Orange and Blue View. I am your co-host, Ron White. And you're probably thinking, where's Thomas tonight? Well, the guy with the cowboy hat is not here, guys, unfortunately. We do have... Lance Sanderson filling in for him tonight to discuss Broncos. How are you doing this evening, Lance? Well, first things first, mile high hello to everybody out there, Broncos country. Doing well. Um, I, I'm excited to be here. You know, it's hunting season. It was kind of a scramble. I was unfortunately not able to go. But you know what? We're here. Let's talk some Broncos football and let's have a lot of fun tonight, Ron. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to join you and getting a little bit of, you know, discussion pre- pre-stream here it's hard to describe what's going on in broncos country but as as the as the the stage is set right now i mean the trade deadlines around the corner the broncos are at one and six so i'm excited to talk about this topic really am yeah these broncos they sit at yeah one and five now and it's you know one and five excuse me yeah one and five and it's going to be interesting as the trade deadline approaches but before we get into everything we want to remind everyone Mm-hmm. that the meet and greet the annual meet and greet is next sunday october 22nd so the event kicks off at 11 a.m mountain time it will be held in lot e at empower field at my high and please look for the big blue mhh tent and that tent will also have four mhh flags that will be flying come up greet us say hey all the podcasters, I believe, will be there, and we look yep. forward to seeing all of you. And you know, I, I know we think we have a winning record when we do our meet and greets, um, as far as Broncos win. So hopefully, this is you know a win when we see you guys next week. Well, we'll see. We'll yeah. Well, see. We, Eric and I were talking last night. You know, he's been to uh, the last two MHH meet and greets. I didn't get to go last year, but obviously, the Broncos won against the Jets uh, two years ago. They won against San Francisco last season on Sunday Night Football. Uh, this year, they're they're coming up against the Green Bay Packers. I'm really excited to talk about that game coming up on Friday as well. But uh, um, I have an undefeated record. I've been to nine Broncos games, nine and zero. Never seen a Broncos loss. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh, Let's let's keep the streak alive. I don't want to see losing football anymore. Um, as, as much as I, uh, as much as I am kind of in the fire sale mode of this this current team and to start the rebuild, I still don't want to see a loss. I've I've never seen one before. So uh, I, 
I'm excited to to go to the game and meet everybody and greet with everybody and just have a lot of fun and and meet some new friends and enjoy uh, time and company with you and with with Eric and Nick and Carl, Chad, mm-hmm. Zach, the whole crew is going to be there, guys. Mm-hmm. So make sure you guys, if you're in Denver for the game against Green Bay Packers on this uh, upcoming, not this upcoming Sunday, excuse me, the next Sunday on the 22nd, make sure you guys come and check us out and come have some fun. It's always a blast to be there and I can't wait to see your guys' faces. Yes, and we will definitely be getting into um, the, the, the the trade candidate talks as the trade deadline approaches, but we want to get into the chat, see what folks here have to say. We got Dylan Von Arks coming in here Dylan. on the MHA uh, staff for coming. Thank you, Dylan. Says, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you, Dylan. Yes, if you guys don't do anything, please do those three things to help support mm-hmm. us. We really appreciate you. And we got Kevin Gray coming in. Kevin says, thank you, Kevin. He says, evening, Thomas. Well, we got Lance instead of Thomas, but uh, Ron Scott, big mile high salute to Broncos country. Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life, burn it down. Yes, Kevin, I know that's <laughs> been <laughs> the, the sentiment that's been shared across. So, yeah, we'll definitely be getting into um, a, a, a few of these things. And then let's say hello to Todd Alsendorf coming in. He says, hello, Ron, Lance and Broncos country. We're hello What's up, Todd? Too, as well, Todd. Hopefully you're doing well and good to see you in the chat. And our friend David McGillraff coming in with a $5 super chat. Thank you, my man. You know we appreciate you. He says, there, man. good evening, Broncos country. Thomas, Ron, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Buckham times three. MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag let the rebuild begin. Yes, 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 definitely for sure. Um and then let's see, we got Gina Cooper coming in. Thank you, Gina, for coming in uh, with your comments. She says, good evening, everyone. Well, good evening to you as well. And hopefully that you are having a great evening. Greg Smith coming in, says, good evening, Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life. Well, thank you, Greg, for coming in. We always appreciate you. And Stu McPee Zeus. coming in. Thank you, Zeus. We appreciate you, sir. <laughs> He says, I'll see you at the Green Bay game. Well, looking forward to seeing you, my man. It's going to be a doozy. It's going to be it's going to be a fun time. So looking forward. Uh, to he also he also comes in. We just we just address this here. But uh, because Zeus came in with the twenty dollar super chat. And thank you for that, Stu. We definitely appreciate you saying what area is uh, are we going to be at? Where uh, will MHH be at the Green Bay gate again uh, at 11 o'clock mountain time in the morning? Um, we will be in lot E. Make sure you t- uh, pay attention. Take a look around for the big blue mile high huddle tent and the four big mile high huddle flags. Lot E, 11 o'clock in the morning before the game. We'll be there. Everyone's going to be there. Like I said, uh, like like Ron said as well, every uh, podcast host should be at the game. I, I know that it, uh, me, Eric's going to be there. Nick and Carl's going to be there. I think Luke's going to be there as well. Thomas is going to be there. Ron's going to be there. It's, it's going to be a gas, guys. Make sure you guys are there for it. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. We'll see you guys on next Sunday. And then we got Gary Palmer coming in with a $9.99 Super Chat. Thank you, GLP. We appreciate you, my man. He says, good evening, Ron, Lance, and Scott. Looking forward to seeing you all. Go Broncos. Looking forward to seeing you as well, my man. It's going to be fun. Exciting, guys. Again, I know, you know, just to see us, right, for everyone to come to talk Broncos. Again, I know the team isn't doing the best right now, <laughs> but, you know, just to be, you know, you know, again, talking football and having a good time, it's, it's going to be great, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, so let's get into some of the talk and the chatter, uh, Lance. So, you know, coming off the fifth loss of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, Broncos are kind of in a, a weird spot where, you know, we the, the, we don't see the team really going anywhere this year. You know, playoffs are more than likely off the table. Um, you know, it's a losing record and we looking at the schedule, there are not many wins <laughs> that we can predict even upcoming. So with that in mind, you know, the big R word has come up and, you know, a lot of Broncos fans are kind of pining for this rebuild. I know a lot of folks are saying rebuild should have happened years ago, um, but you can see right now that the, the time has come where this team definitely needs to consider a full scale rebuild. So with that in mind, guys, we do want to talk um, on a few players. Um, I know some of you may have seen it in the news where some have been brought up as far as potential candidates uh, to be traded by the October 31st deadline. Um, and we can maybe start with one of them, Lance, and I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off to you to kind of see what you're thinking as far as maybe one of the veteran players that could be dealt. Well, one that I, I think is... Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change... Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I don't necessarily want to like bag on on Cortland Sutton to tell you the truth, and I'm, I'm not going to you know like downplay his name or anything like that. But we're talking about a team leader that goes out there and shows 
sometimes some lackadaisical effort and he hasn't been quite the, the same player as he was prior to tearing his ACL back in 2019. The, the jump ball, my ball mentality that he has had uh, coming in and what we knew in 2018, his rookie season. Um, he, he's a, he's a great player and he's a great person, but I think that as a leader in the locker room, you need a guy to go out there and, really try to change this culture. And there's a, a couple of players we're going to talk about here uh, later as we get into it, but he's one of the, one of the veterans on this roster, one of the guys that's been here for the longest. And this team has known nothing but losing since 2017, I believe. So 2016 was the last time the Broncos had a winning record. So mm -hmm. in the eight years that it's been since the Broncos have had a winning record, Corton Sutton has been here for six of them. Mm -hmm. And it's, this is, like I said, I don't want to disperse him as a player. I don't want to disperse him as a person, but I think it's time to move on. And just th this whole culture inside the Broncos locker room and across the roster, it it's, it's a losing culture. And that's just plain and simple exactly what it is. You need to reset the culture plain and simple and getting rid of the veterans on the roster in front of the young guys, guys like Brandon Johnson, guys like Marvin Mims. Um, goes, those guys need to see the field a hell of a lot more than they are. I mean, Marvin Mims only saw 12 snaps against the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night. That's a problem. And not to say that Sutton is directly a result, like a, a cause of that, but I do think that it's time to move on from that voice in the locker room because I think his messaging has gotten stale. No, that's a that's a good point, Lance. Um, you know, Sutton has definitely, you know, we're not seeing this Cortland Sutton of old, right? As you mentioned, we were used to those 80-20, you know, 80-20 jump balls. You know, the guy that was able to very be very energetic and be a go-getter, be a leader on this offense. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, you know, he had that um, ACL injury that year, but, you know, even coming back, trying to rebound from that, we still have not seen it. Again, there are flashes that are here and there, but you need your true wide receivers, your one and two to step up. And I feel as though Sutton hasn't done that. And, you know, to your point on the, the losing culture, you know, he's been a big part of this losing culture. And I think, you know, he would, it would serve him well to maybe find a new destination um, to maybe kind of start over in a sense and kind of know what winning feels like. Yeah. Um, I, I feel as though, you know, with this losing culture, a lot of the players just don't have that, you know, that metal. I know that Chad usually mentions, you know, that, yep. that, yep. you know, willingness to just go get it, be, be a go getter. And, you know, that that's missing. And to my point on the wide receiver, I'm going to stick with the wide receiver front um, because that that is an interesting point. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy is my my trade candidate. Um, so as most of you know, you know, he was the Broncos first round draft pick number 15 overall back in 2020. And of course, the career stats are good. Um, 177 total receptions on 298 targets. A little over 2,500 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, but, you know, what we've seen from Jerry Judy, you know, we we were encouraged by what we saw last year, um, even the year before. But this year, it seems as though he's really not interested in being a Denver Bronco. I mean, we saw Thursday, you know, the interaction with Steve Smith Sr., <laughs> you know, and just how he responded, you know, some of the lapses when it comes to maturity, 
you know, how he's handling the press. So, you know, I, I think it's more of him and his character with being a Denver Bronco that may not serve this locker room well. So we we know that the talent is there for Jerry Judy for sure, mm-hmm. right? Coming out of Alabama, you know, we all spoke on the route running prowess, you know, how he was able to be a threat down the field. And again, we saw that. Some of it also, Lance, is them not using Judy to his full potential as well. We see a lot of screens. You know, we see a lot of screens with Judy. And I think, you know, you can use him more than that. Um, So I I think, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, I I think it's time to just revamp this entire wide receiver room. Well, it's time to revamp this entire roster. And I, I don't disagree with you in the usage of Judy, but I also believe that there needs to be some fault on the player himself. In terms of going out there and executing, um, that when when the Broncos did actually utilize him in a way that was creative, they did it against the Kansas City Chiefs this last weekend. They lined him up in the shotgun next to Russell Wilson on the right hand side, and they ran a little choice route. So they run him out around the offensive tackle. They get him isolated one on one against the linebacker, and he gets to decide if he wants to go inside or outside based on how that linebacker is playing. He broke to the inside. Russell Wilson hit him over the middle, thirteen yard gain. Biggest play for Judy of the night. The other two times that he caught the football were both on screens and they were both blown up. That's not necessarily on Jerry Judy's fault for the, Mm -hmm. you know, the defense reading the keys and understanding what's going on and making a play defensively. It also goes to the offensive lineman, goes to the quarterback. And I'm not trying to besmirch, you know, Eric and I spent an hour talking about Russell Wilson last night. Want to go check that out? Please go check it out. But it also does matter. What does the timing look like? What is the play calling timing sequencing of the aspect of trying to get Jerry Judy on a tunnel screen back to the inside? What does that all encompass in the terms of the the performance of Judy himself? Sure, he can get free. He can get open. He has the explosive ability. He's a great route runner. Concentration drops are an an issue. But at the same time, if you can sequence him open, if you can find a way for him to just go out there and make a play, that's the, the one of the better ways that you can utilize him, feed him the football as much as you possibly can. The problem is the Broncos haven't been able to not only diagnose and identify when the, the opportune time to run those screens for Judy is, they can't execute because their timing's all messed up. The players all across the field have to learn how to execute a lot better. This is not a slam on Judy or, or Russell Wilson or any specific player. It's everyone. This this whole team needs to learn how to execute. And that's why I believe it's time for this culture to be reset and get players that want to come in, want to learn, want to work hard. I think that that's something that has like it's a cancer infesting this Broncos roster right now where they don't have the requisite and necessary effort. And that to me is a big problem. Yeah, most definitely. I agree. Going to get back to the chat, see what we have here. We got Phil McLaughlin coming in here. Thank you, Phil. You know, we up, always like seeing you in here. Says, good evening, Lance and Ron. Will we see more of Mims? And is Moss going to be available? Mathis has to go. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag go Broncos. Yeah, Phil. So that's that's where I'm scratching my head as far as the Mims portion. You know, and I, I do have an article coming out just to kind of highlight a player profile for Mims, you know, things he does well. Why haven't the Broncos been using him? Because there have been times, especially in this past game, I'm like, why isn't Mims on the field? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that remains to be seen, you know, Phil, what we've seen from Mims so far. You know, I think it was the game, was the, yeah, the game against the Commanders where, you know, those two grabs 
113 yards, you know, his special teams available, you know, ability as well. So we definitely need to see more Mims. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of are are they going to put him out on the field? You know, <laughs> that that's kind of where the question is. And uh, is Moss going to be available? Yes. I believe Moss was on some of the special teams, um, mm-hmm. plays as well on Thursday. So um, Moss will definitely be available. But yeah, and then also Mathis definitely has to go. I mean, you know, I, I've tried to give Mathis the benefit of the doubt. Um, when it comes to a lot of these games, but I, I just don't see that step forward. I, I just don't see the step forward at all. Like he's getting beat. Um, some of these penalties, he's off coverage a lot. It's just not, it's not been a good showing for Mathis. So that's why I know we've been pining for Moss to kind of come mm-hmm. sooner than later, right from that injury. So he can, cause what's the worst that can happen? He can't do any worse than what Mathis has. So, Hey gang. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know how it is watching the Broncos. To say the least, you work up a bit of an appetite. But you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Personally, I'm a big fan of Little Caesars plain cheese pizza, but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. The the big thing here, and and I don't disagree with you. I think Moss needs to have a shot, and Mathis has been struggling with technical issues and assignment mm-hmm. issues. That is the big thing. Um, it, it's not that he's not a good player. I mean, he has three or four flash plays a game. You'll get a pass breakup and a couple of tackles and stuff like that. Like he's a a quality player. Um, our guy James Campbell, um, from Mile High Huddle was in our in our private group chat that I was talking with uh, him the other day. Uh, he was saying, you know, like moving on from Ronald Darby this this past offseason is a big loss for this Broncos team because mm-hmm. that forces Damari Mathis to be that cornerback number two where he's going to be the focus of every offense going away from Patrick Sertan. And they're highlighting all of the issues that he has right now. His football IQ is not quite where it needs to be. You can see him failing to understand his assignments, bailing out of his coverages, uh, getting a little grabby, tugging on players, getting lots of penalties and stuff like that. I think a big thing here needs to just be a a factory reset with him and just say, you know what, let's reset everything you're doing. Let's reset everything this defense is doing. Let's try to just get back to the basic fundamentals of how to play football, understanding what your footwork is supposed to be, understanding where your keys, where your eyes are supposed to land when you're playing in zone coverage, Mm -hmm. uh, understanding how to pass off your coverage to another player in another zone. Mathis is just struggling with a lot of stuff like that right now. And while I'm, I don't want to say that Moss would be an immediate upgrade over that because he is a rookie learning how to play at the NFL level. I think that maybe just setting him down, letting him calm down for a little bit and say, hey, let's just refocus. Let's figure out what we're doing wrong. Let's identify those things, work on those. Let somebody else go out there and and be the burden of somebody else's uh, punishment, you know, and just figure out how you can get back to the player that you were towards the later end of last season where I thought he played very well. So, mm-hmm. uh Again, like I'm not trying to say Moss is going to be the ultimate upgrade and it's going to change the course of this defense because there's still too many issues from front to back. But at least getting Moss the opportunity to go out there and play 
earn his, earn his stripes a little bit as the season progresses on is definitely a good idea for this Broncos team. Yeah. And that's a good point. And I think where I'm, um, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you said, Lance. I, I think I'm looking at it more from, yeah, just, just play your young guys. You know, you're at a point now where, I mean, I know Mathis is still young as well, obviously, but you know, mm-hmm. the guys that you just drafted, I, I just want to see more playing time just to see w- what, what they can do, because there could be flashes there and there could be a point where, you know, F Moss does have a good showing granted, you know, he's a rookie. He's going to go through some growing pains as to be expected. But if there is a good showing, you know, possibly in a year or two, you could move on from Mathis, mm-hmm. you know? So again, there's just some of those considerations um, to think about. But yeah, I definitely agree. Um, let's see who we got coming in here. Clayton Heron coming in. Thank you, Clayton. We appreciate you. He says, man, it is what it is, but we need to spice up our roster different people playing or trade talk but something Denver Broncos for life baby yeah yeah Clayton you know again this as Lance and I were talking in in the in the room prior to the show starting this team just does not know how to win Mm -hmm. and you know players are going to have to be moved there has to be a new mindset um to to get this team in a position to to just do basic things when it comes to football, you know, just execute. Um, I just feel as though this losing culture has really affected the mentality and, you know, the energy as it relates to this team. So, you know, a few roster shakeups, we've already seen it, right, with Randy Gregory being traded, mm-hmm. obviously, with Frank Clark <laughs> being released. So we, we've seen some of the roster shakeups already, but, you know, we're anticipating more of that in, in the coming weeks. And, you know, again, if we can shake up this roster a bit, play the young new guys i i think that'll kind of set us up going into next year into the draft as well yeah i i don't disagree with that i i, I think like like we said multiple times tonight th- this this whole roster just needs a reset it needs to be completely rebuilt just tear it down to the studs get rid of as many veterans as you possibly can for and ron you and i talked uh briefly before we went even into the room you know talking about players that uh um Actually, it might not have been you. It might have been somebody else. Excuse me for that. Regardless, uh, get a bag of chips for whoever you can get. I don't necessarily agree with that. But at the same time, I do. Like These these guys need to move on. And Broncos country, we all need to realize that we may have been uh, overestimating the talent that this Mm -hmm. team has had for multiple years, including in the wide receiver room. Hence the two first names that we talked about being potentially moved on from are Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. There's a lack of talent on defense, especially in the depth of this defense. It's been it's been hurt. It's been injured. Um, you're moving on from guys like Randy Gregory and Frank Clark this uh, over the last two weeks to get guys like Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito, who still have issues against the run. I mean, they're they're flashing as pass rushers and they're they're playing really, really well for the most part. But they're not also getting it done at a high level that right. you need to have to, to be able to rely on guys like that. Uh, the interior of this defensive line is in shambles right now. Mm-hmm. And with DJ Jones being injured and not seeing some time, uh, Mike Purcell has been 
excuse me, very hit and miss. Um, it sounds like he might be a guy that the Broncos move on from as well because they want to see P.J. Mustafer, who they have lined up on the practice squad right now. They want to get him out there. They want to get Tyler Lancaster out on the field. They want to get guys uh, like um, uh, Matt Henningsen as well. Like th there's, there's a reason why Josie Jewell's on the trade block. And I know you want to talk about this perfect segue for it. Josie Jewell's on the trade, the trade block. They want to see Drew Sanders. So Let's talk about Josie Jewell really fast. I'll pass it off to you here. What What's the big thing with Josie Jewell? Yeah, so Josie Jewell, and just as a reminder to Broncos country, fourth round pick, 106 overall in 2018. Um, so career stats went on the field. <laughs> 377 total tackles, three forced fumbles, two picks. And, you know, he, he has come up as far as straight talks, but I just don't know. And I and I think it'll be it'll serve the Broncos well to move on from him, Lance. I just don't know what the value is for Jewel because you know Jewel has that extensive injury history. Um, and uh, what what are you going to get for him? Maybe maybe a sixth, maybe a seventh. You know how do, how do you you know? And I think that's kind of where I think that's kind of where my mind is. You know, you're right. I, I think the the team wants to see more Drew Sanders. We know Alex Singleton is shining as well. Um, but I, I just don't know, you know, in the trade discussions, what what are you going to get back from for a jewel package? So to me, you're 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 looking at a, a day three pick, maybe even a pick swap if you can if you can figure yeah. something out like that. Um, and that seems to be the theme in terms of the overall trade market right now. It seems to be a player plus a seventh round pick for a, a sixth round pick next year. Like it's yeah. it, it's it's a lot of lesser value. But but the thing is, Josie Jewell right now is in the last year of his contract. He's an aging veteran. It's he's going to have value across the NFL because he does put himself in the right situations. He does put himself in the right positions a lot of the time. And yes, he does have an injury history, specifically the torn pectoral where he missed. Uh, that was uh, the Teddy Bridgewater year. He tore his, uh, his pectoral muscle on a special teams tackle, missed the entire season. Uh, that I believe it was week two when that happened. Um, he also has, I think, some concussion issues, a hammy in there as well. Uh, miss some time. Regardless, he's not a flashy player. He's not a guy you want to have out there, you know, mirroring Travis Kelsey in the passing game, which we very clearly saw on Thursday as Travis Kelsey had seven catches for 190 <laughs> yards in the first half. Uh, but, but I think that not to say that he's a part of that lo losing culture. Um, and, and I know like that sounds so terrible of us to say it like that, but it is. I mean, th this team doesn't know how to win. And having guys like Jewel and and uh, and Judy and Cortland Sutton, they they don't know how to be that guy to say I'm going to go and make this play. Uh, they're just guys out there running around and doing the best that they can. This team needs game changers, and if you can get anything for Jewel and including um, even if it's a six round pick for a guy like that, you're at least getting something because he's going to walk away in free agency regardless. You're not bringing him back. So that that's that's my big thing here is if if you can at least get something for him then do if you're if, if you can't then whatever I mean keep the the core of your roster around and say thank you kindly for trying we appreciate your efforts and we'll move on from you in in, in February when it's time for this team to move on. Um, in terms of my second guy here, and I, I want to kind of jump ahead here a little bit. My second guy, um, also, which one did I want to talk about first? Uh, <laughs> 
I, I had a, a couple of guys that I, that I texted Ron, and, and now we're, we're kind of getting getting away from it a little bit. Um, offensively, though, let's go back to the offensive side of the football. Mm-hmm. Um, left tackle Garrett Bowles. Mm-hmm. This one is hard for me to want to bring to the conversation because as he's currently playing, he's a top seven left tackle in the NFL. When he's playing well, he could be borderline top five. We saw him go to uh, go to the Pro Bowl, was potential all pro. Uh, let me pump my chest up on that one for a couple of years ago. But Garrett Bowles is right now um, going into the last year of his deal. He's He has one more year left. But he's upside down on his contract. The Broncos can save $11 million from him by just releasing him next year. But you don't move on from a player like that if you have value. And I think that Garrett Bowles is probably the third most valuable trade chip that the Broncos have right now because he is playing at such a high level. And that contract doesn't have, doesn't lead you to have to um, – like you, you can restructure him, extend him, do whatever you need to do, and then continue to have a quality player on the left side of your offensive line for the next probably – two or three years. It's, it's not going to be very long. He was an older prospect. I think he's 31 this year. Um, but regardless, this is one of those players that we were talking about with losing culture. He was drafted 2017 and mm-hmm. he's been a part of several different losing seasons. And you can see it in his face. He's frustrated. Every mm-hmm. time he steps up to the podium, every time he goes out to a, a, a press conference, every time he talks to the media, you can tell the frustrations there. He's tired of losing. If you can get him out to a, a quality team that needs to upgrade their left tackle position and potentially just kind of reset their culture there as well with a guy that's very well liked from everyone that I've ever spoke to about Garrett Bowles. This dude is very, very well liked. He's going to come in. He's going to play at a high level. The the reset for him might kind of take him down a notch, but at the same time, he's a veteran. He's wily, he's crafty, and he's playing very, very good football right now. And I think that he has a lot of value for this Broncos team. And he's one of those guys that needs to be on the block moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's a good point. Um, yeah, it, it's it does when when I see Garrett Bowles in these press conferences and just after the game interviews, he looks very just disappointed, just dejected, just yeah. So I, I kind of feel for the guy. You know, he's you know, when he's out there, you know, he tries his best, but you're right, it's being part of that part of that losing culture. I want to get back to the chat. Got a few more here coming in. Got Duke Rose with a five dollars chat. Thank you, Duke. Says, hey Lance, hey Ron. So, do we actually have a third pick? I'm assuming you're meaning third round pick in 2024, or is it Seattle? Because I'm confused. Yes, uh, that that's that's a that's a fact. Uh, the Broncos, yeah. when they traded up for Riley Moss, they sent the future third round pick that they had to Seattle for that. So, uh, no, the Broncos don't have a third round pick, or as it stands, right? No, they they do it. They have one from the from Saints. The Sean, yeah, the Sean Payton trade, I believe. Yep, correct. Yep, yep, yep. From yep, the Saints. Yep. 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 Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. And then I want to come in here. There were a few. I want to get this question. Um, thank you, Dan. Dan, we'll, we'll look at coming in. He says, is Sean Payton on the hot seat? No. 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 You know, he he's, I, I you know, he's, his seat is very cold, guys. <laughs> um, you know, this, he's in his honeymoon period. You know, I, I'm, I would guess that when he had the talk, the interview with the, the Penner group coming in, it, it was this whole plan that was mapped out, you know, over the course of several years. Um, you know, he inherited Wilson and George Payton. So I, he, he's not on the hot seat. He's not on the hot seat at all. No, um, it, this this is the right guy 
for the reset. It, it yeah. really is. Um, they're, they're listening to guys like uh, Sua Cravens, former Denver Broncos player, who's in touch with a lot of Broncos that are in the mm-hmm. locker room right now. Mm-hmm. He tweeted earlier today. Ron, did you see this? Did, did you see what Sua Cravens tweeted earlier today? I, I I didn't see that particular tweet, but I do I do know that he does tweet and have uh, relationships with a lot of the Denver players. Well, he was he was saying that uh, there's a lot of uh, Broncos players that are uh, talking to him, saying that the culture in the locker room, like Sean Payton's, pretty much lost it already, and it only took a couple months for him to do that, and that it's a problem even more so than it was with Vic Fangio. And Ooh. to me, I'm like, you know, I don't really care. Because yeah. this team, like, they didn't succeed under Vic Fangio. They don't want to be coached hard. Sean Payton's going to reset the culture of this locker room, and he's the right guy to do it. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's going to identify the talent. And whether it's with George Payton or not, I, I don't think that he's going to last much longer than about March. Um, but uh, with, with Sean Payton, he's a quality coach. He's struggling a little bit right now with the personnel that they have because this yeah. team lacks talent. Uh, if, if it was – his players and his identity, his vision, it would look a hell of a lot different than it does right now. Um, Mm -hmm. It it does start with him and he will admit that. Although I think those words are a little bit hollow right now. It does start with him. But once he gets this, uh, this mentality, this identity built that he wants to see, you're going to see the the benefits of that. And in my opinion, it's going to take two years because you got to tear this roster out, go through the next year. And then the next year after that, is where you're going to start to see those benefits. 2025 is when the Broncos are going to be competitive again, guys. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, that's that. I was thinking the same thing, Lance. You know, and you know, again, for me, you're right. I think Sean Payton is the right guy to do this. And like you said, so what if the players think, you know, he's already shifting the dynamic, you know, for worse in the locker room? Who who cares? You know, you guys have been losers. You've been losing for all these years and it needs the, the tie needs to change. And yep. so, you know, coming in with his philosophy, you know, he can come in and just reset this roster. Again, that means you got, some of you guys are not going to be here in a few weeks, hell even next year. Um, so, you know, I, we, we definitely need that person to come in and, and, and just get it right. Just right the ship. Yep. Um, let's see. I want to grab this one really fast yeah, from Phil sure. McLaughlin because Phil is a great supporter and we don't have Scott here tonight to help us see if we have stars or anything like that. But, and Phil is one of those ones that does throw stars on pretty much every time he comments. So thank you, Phil, for your support uh, saying, will we let Tim Patrick go? Um, this one, I, I'm torn a little bit because I don't think that they want to let him go. I think that that is really the player that Sean Payton identified for the uh, Michael Thomas role in his offense. Mm-hmm. The problem is you have the torn ACL, you have the torn Achilles and that contract is an albatross. Like you have to figure out something. Fortunately for the Broncos, they can restructure him and it's like very little dead money. Cause I think the most of the guarantees were through this season and the third year of that 33 and a half million dollar contract like nothing is guaranteed so they can restructure him with very little cap penalty, maybe extend him a little bit, give him another year on a prove it deal. And he could be back for this team next season. My question is not necessarily the losing culture part of this, but how does he fit moving forward? Yeah. Because you have guys like Brandon Johnson, you have guys like Marvin Mims, whatever wide receiver the Broncos are going to draft this year that Sean Payton has in the identity of what this team needs to be looking like moving forward. I think Patrick is one of those guys that he is a true locker room guy. 
Mm-hmm. He's a guy that wants to take young guys under his wing. He wants to help this team get better. He did it with KJ Hamler. He did it with Montreal Washington, talking to both of those guys last offseason in training camp. That was, that was a first name that that both of those guys brought up in terms of when they were talking to the media. It's like, who's uh, who's the, the, the most influential guy that you have? Tim Patrick. Absolutely. He's the guy that's over our shoulder every single day saying, this is how you do this. This is the way you got you want to do that. This is how we have to work and make it the right way. Tim Patrick is a leader in that room. And I think that they should keep him around. Yeah. And though that's that was the reason that I also want to keep Patrick around because he he is a true leader. He's going to be that true leader for, for these young guys when he gets back. And again, I know it's very unfortunate the past, you know, last season and this season, him with mm-hmm. ACL and now the Achilles. So it's 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 been hard on him for sure. But you know, when he does come back, um, and just that you know, his firepower and just a playmaker that he is. Um, I think that'll help uh, also kind of turn this culture around too. So um, I, I don't think so, Phil. I, I don't think uh, the Broncos are going to let Tim Patrick go. I really don't think so. I, I don't think so either. But this will be the last year of him on his current contract. His I contract. will say that. Yep. Yep. On his current contract, it will be the last year on his current mm-hmm. contract. Yep. All right. And I do see a few folks in here um, <laughs> about the benching of Russell Wilson. Um, so let me let me grab let me grab a few here. Um, I guess what are your thoughts? I'll, I'll bring up bring up Dan. I'll get your thoughts on that, Lance. Uh, Dan Wilkin coming in here says, I guess the whole rebuild culture shift starts with the benching of Russell Wilson, who can't play quarterback. Um, so what, I guess what what are your what are your thoughts there on? And you know, I think. So I'll kind of give high level. We can kind of go back and forth. I would say, yeah, the, the this game, this this game against the Chiefs, it was it was it was horrible. You know, it, you know the play. And again, I know the play calling was also bad, but Russ just looked. He didn't. I didn't. He looked not recognizable at all. Um, and so, but before this game, you know, he had top five, top ten in a lot of these categories. Mm-hmm. So it it kind of boggles the mind, I should say, Lance, of, you know, taking this one game as an outlier, what he was able to do in the previous matchups. So I would say, Dan, I, I'm not at the point now of, of a Russell Wilson benching, but if he does have a few more of these games, like the one he put on Thursday night, yeah, I I, I can definitely kind of see myself coming around to benching him. And then plus, you know, Stidham's maybe not much better, but, you know, it'll kind of just put him in to kind of see what he can provide as a backup. Um, But, yeah, I I would say not yet kind of pause on the Russell Wilson benching, you know, with this one game kind of in consideration. But, yeah, if he strings more of these games on like this, it's that that should be brought up for conversation. But. Russell Wilson played his worst game in the Denver Bronco uniform on Thursday, period. His game against the New York Jets on, on Sunday, uh, the, this last Sunday against the Jets, was his second worst Broncos game ever. The, and I guess that might be arguable with the Rams game on Christmas last year, mm-hmm. but still, he's not playing quarterback at a high level against teams that have quality defenses. You can point to the numbers all you want to for the first three weeks where they were comparable to to Patrick Mahomes. And they were comparable to Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes is playing the worst football of his life as well. 
Like it's, he's he's not playing well. The, those receivers in Kansas City are not doing what they need to do to get open and help him. Yeah. They're not. The the problem with benching Russell Wilson is right now you still have to figure out if you want to stay committed to him moving forward. If he can turn it around and actually start to play quarterback the way that he has before in his career, you got to keep that glimmer of hope that maybe he can do it because you're still on the hook for $85 million over yes. the next two seasons. Yes. Plain and simply. Like, like hmm. I know that we got the Walton Penner group and $70 billion, billion with a B dollars behind us backing this franchise in terms of the financial aspect of it. $85 million is a lot of freaking money. And I almost cursed on that, by the way. That's a lot of freaking money, guys. <laughs> Like you, you have to understand that he still gives you the best opportunity to win right now, because I don't think Jared Stidham is that guy. I don't think he's a quality backup in the NFL. The fact that he's on this roster is because Sean Payton identified a, a, a pet project that he wants to have here. Russell Wilson's the guy. He may not be the answer. He's also not the problem right now. There's mm-hmm. still some things he has to work through. My thing is, when you see him playing the way he has, even in the first three games, misidentifying reads, missing open receivers, missing, uh, you know, uh, free rushers coming off of the edge, mm-hmm. especially in cornerback pressure. Mm-hmm. He has been bad this season. The numbers will lie to you in this. You need to go back and watch the tape. And it, if you guys are at the meet and greet, we'll show you. Like Eric and I, we talked about this after the show was over last night. I'm going to take my laptop down. I'm going to take my cell phone down. We'll log into NFL Game Pass and we'll sit down. We'll break down the all 22 with you guys. If you want to come and check it out, we'll show you exactly what we're talking about. When you, when you're designed to play in a timing passing offense, if you hit your back foot and then don't release the ball where it's supposed to go within timing of the play, it's going to make the play look worse. And then his eyes are going to drop. He's going to scramble around and it's going to make the offensive line look worse. Yes. Like this, this, this offensive line is not playing great. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to bag on Mike McGlinchey as much as I possibly can. That was the biggest overpaid in the Broncos history. And that includes Juwan James. Like McGlinchey's playing bad. But your quarterback not playing within the timing of the offense, your receivers not getting themselves open when they're supposed to be, and everything just combined together makes it as bad as, as it is. Wilson needs to show that he can do that. And when he does show it, he plays at a high level, which was part of the big part of what he uh, the su- success he had early this season. Mm-hmm. That's that's my thing. You're not benching Russell Wilson right now until you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And while it might take a miracle for the Broncos to get there, they're not in that particular point right now. So see if you can regroup. This is me playing the homer aspect here. See if you can regroup, see what you can get out of Russell Wilson and determine if you need to keep him around on this roster for at least the rest of the season, if not the next two seasons, because you're financially invested in that. Mm-hmm. So you, you you can't bench him right now. That's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right, and then we got David McGillraff coming back in. Thank you, Dave, for your $5 super chat. You know, we appreciate you always. Says, in my humble opinion, Jerry Judy is a huge cancer. I would really love to see Moss more. See you all next week. Yes. Yes, sir. Next week, Jerry, we we are looking forward to it, my guy. And, yeah, you know, at the top of the show, that, that again, Jerry Judy was my first one, in my opinion, that should be moved. And part of that, or a big part of that, is because of the character you know that this what you have here um capitalized huge cancer so he's a huge cancer for the team in the locker room um and again just the the immaturity you know the back and forth on twitter 
um, you know, the debacle with Steve and Smith Senior. It's just it's just one thing after the other. Yeah. And you know, you you need to be obviously they're in the NFL, they're they're great players. Jerry Judy's a great player, but you know, have you been performing well as of late? You know, that you know, and then also you have your character on top of that, you you're kind of developing a bad reputation too. So with all those things said, David, I think, yeah, he definitely is a huge cancer that another team needs to deal with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, we would all love to see Raleigh Moss, right? Again, Moss, what we saw on special teams was good, and, you know, prospect coming out of out of college was good. So I'd like to see more of him um, on the field. Yeah. I, I really am intrigued by Riley Moss, not only on the boundary, where I think that he needs to see the majority of his time right now with uh, Damari Mathis struggling, I really want to see his fluidity and his acceleration at the safety position because you're probably getting ready to move on from another guy. This is your third guy that we, that you kind of wanted to talk about the second one you brought up, but the third one that I want you to kind of go into here, Justin Simmons is a big trade piece for this Broncos team. Kareem Jackson on a one year deal. He's 35 years old and he's playing well. I got to give credit to the guy. He's playing well. PJ Locks injured is not play, is coming off of injury, not playing well. Caden Stearns is on injured reserve, probably not going to see the rest of the season. You need safety depth, and that's a big thing. Now, I'm going to pass it off to you. Great segue, by the way. That's what you call it. Beautiful <laughs> segue into business. Uh, but uh, Justin Simmons, do talk. Let's go. I want your thoughts. Yes, Justin Simmons is my last. Um, so just for Broncos country, third pick overall, uh, 90, number 98 overall and back in 2016, um, 557 total tackles, 28 interceptions for those against Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, the, he, he, de- he does possess good value Lance, um, for another team. He, he definitely can get us some return. Um, I'm thinking we got him in the third round, so maybe, Maybe a fifth rounder for him, um, fourth, fifth. I would say he definitely did increase his value um, Thursday night, you know, coming out big with that interception. Um, you know, that's kind of what he's known for. He's a very – we all know what Justin Simmons can provide. Um, and just his intelligence out on the field mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, you know, having said that, with his value being so high, we can get that back and return him. And you're right, that does open up. We're going to need that starting safety and then the depth behind it. You know, mm-hmm. wh- where do we go with the depth? Obviously, we're not looking the draft, too. Um, I-, I think with Kareem Jackson, it's they-, they cut him, you know, at some point. He's just I, I-, I kind of disagree with you. I mean, I-, I would say Kareem Jackson's doing OK, Lance, I-, I guess just playing well. Yes, but there's still those moments from Kareem Jackson. I'm just like, dude, like, you know. The helmet to helmet, you know, sometimes oh, yeah. oh, he yeah. does look horrible. There's still times he looks horrible in coverage, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't see, you know, the trade value there. It's probably going more of a cut. But, yeah, with the Justin Simmons um, being dealt, that definitely – because safety is already a big issue now. So that even opens yep. it up more. Exactly. Uh, and that's why I want to see Riley Moss in that. Um, yeah. in, in terms of Kareem Jackson, I'm talking like – it, it, it take everything in totality. Dude's 35 years old and he's oh, yeah. out there still being a leader on this defense, being a leader in this team. He's still relating to a lot of players out there. I know for a fact, there's a lot of players that think very, very highly of Kareem Jackson. I'm not saying they're going to mm-hmm. trade him by any stretch of the imagination. He's on this roster. 
because he's not going to be on any roster in the NFL. (laughs) He's playing well for the Broncos right now, but he's not playing well at at an NFL level. And that's not to besmirch the guy. I I love Kareem Jackson. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL, has been for the last 10 years. I I love his mentality Mm -hmm. in terms of how to play the game. But you're right, though. He comes, he leads with his head too often. He makes big hits when he doesn't need to. And unfortunately, some of those flags are thrown when they don't need to be thrown. Regardless, you've got to understand down in distant situations and go and make the right play, not the big play. And that's that's a problem with Kareem Jackson. But like you said, like Justin Simmons, I, I think that the Broncos can get a fourth round pick for him. They're looking for a mid three, late three, if they can get that from him. Uh, quite honestly, the team that I really want him to go to, because I think he's a great fit for their mentality, uh, a great fit for the defense, a great fit for him just going off and being able to chase a championship, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. The Philadelphia Eagles would be the team that I'm shipping Justin Simmons to. If you can get their third round pick, it's going to be a late three. Doesn't matter. That's yep. the... the I think he, outside of Patrick Sertan, Justin Simmons is the most valuable trade piece in this team. And again, not to say that he's a part of the losing culture, because I don't think that this is this is him, but he is one of those leaders in the locker room. He's the last person, Ron, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Justin Simmons is the last person to see a winning season in Denver Broncos uh, mm-hmm. football on the roster right now. 2016 as a rookie and he played uh, he was a rookie 2016 the the team went nine and seven he's the Mm -hmm. last player on this roster that has seen winning football and not to say that he's a part of the losing culture because he's not but it's time to move on from an aging veteran get his messages out of the out of out of the locker room he may be a, a a team favorite a fan favorite a player favorite a coaching favorite it doesn't matter this is the most valuable piece that you have that you can mm-hmm. honestly move on from. And I think the Broncos need to do it. I, I do think that getting him to Philadelphia, allowing him to chase that ring, he's going to shine. He's going to be so good for that team. Um, and it's going to be in the best interest of the Denver Broncos moving forward because they move on from that contract as well. Yep. Agreed. I definitely agree with, with you. Um, did you have someone else? I did. I did have one more that I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I kind of want to get into the um, – the uh, Pat Sertan conversation right. a little bit, but a player that I, I, I think that the Broncos, and it's not through any fault of himself because mm-hmm. he's played well when he touches the football. Um, it's just, you've got two young players that are on cheaper deals. One of them happens to be the most electric player that you have on offense, not named Marvin Mims, and that's Leo McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. Samaj so P. Ryan's a trade piece. Uh, there, there, I believe it was a two year deal that he signed with the team. Um, they can move on from him after this season. Uh, he's playing really well. I mean, he's got 24 carries for 88 yards, um, 3.7 per carry, uh, also 17 reception or excuse me, 20 receptions for 184 yards. He's doing really, really good work out of the backfield on screen plays, mm-hmm. but that's not a player that you want to have like as a building block for your roster moving forward. I mean, go, go find a young guy that you can pick up off the street, maybe throw him around down there. Uh, but Javante Williams is the lead back in the, in this room. It's very easy to tell when he's healthy, when he's on the field, he is the guy that you need to build this team around. But Jaleel McLaughlin, man, that the juice that he brings is receiving ability out of the backfield, the explosive play potential that every time he's on the field and he touches the football, he can take it for 25 to 38 yards. He can go score touchdowns for you in the red zone as a receiver. He does really well in the screen game as well. This is no slight to Samaj P. Ryan because, again, I think he's playing good football right now, especially given the limited opportunities that he does have. Mm-hmm. 
but Jaleel McLaughlin's making more of more of of his opportunities. And I think that that is something the Broncos need to focus on. Samaj P. Ryan, you're probably not getting much for him. If anything, I don't, I don't think that he is actually a trade candidate, but if you could figure out, hey, give me a six round pick for the guy. Yeah. Give, give him to a team that's, that's decimated with injuries. That's um, at the running back position. That's a, a team that's ready to, ready to be uh, moving forward as a contender. Yeah. Maybe a team like the Miami Dolphins. Like they, they just lost Devon A chain for the last, for the next four weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson is potentially coming off of injured reserve, but he's an aging player as well. So my JP Ryan, in terms of what they do in their screen passing game, is a great fit for the Miami Dolphins offense, and that would be something that I would explore if I was the Broncos. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, P Ryan to the Dolphins. Yeah, that that's yeah the yeah, the Dolphins screen game. You know how they run them all the time. He'd be he'd be mm-hmm. great for that for sure. He would be great. So that's, for that. <laughs> that, that that's a good one. Um, want to get into the chat here. Looks like we got a few more. We got Mike Edel coming in here. Thank What's you, Mike, Mike, with the $10 super chat. He says, hey, gentlemen, I disagree a little with getting rid of Garrett Bowles. Okay. A young quarterback. Uh-oh, I'm assuming you're thinking we're going to draft one. one. <laughs> Needs a good left tackle. Have a great night. Go Broncos. Again, mm-hmm. thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's. It's really hard. Very good, solid, Mike. So I, I agree with you there. Um, and he is playing like a average, above average left tackle right now. It's just, you know, I, I think, you know, again, part of the the losing culture he's kind of been with that. And then he does not an extensive injury history, but he does have. Um, some injuries as well, and it'll be kind of easy to move move on from that contract. So I think that's kind of mm-hmm. why we were putting him out there as that potential trade piece. Yep, yep. But you know, you know, to your point, yeah, we we definitely need to make sure that this offensive line is as solidified as it can be. It and doesn't I matter. Would say, you know, it, I would say also, Lance, before you jump in, sorry, you know, I, I, from the offensive line, you know, I can maybe point out one or two that are playing. Good. We got Cushionberry, which is surprising to say Cushionberry's right. playing okay. <laughs> yes. Uh Bowles. And then, you know, we got Miners. But other than that, you know, because Powers and McGlinchey for sure have underperformed. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I, what I was gonna say is it doesn't matter if your left tackle is bad when your right tackle is giving up 20 per uh, yeah. Excuse me. Thirty-three percent of the pressures from your from your offensive line have come from your right tackle that you paid eighty-seven and a half million dollars. And yes, that's a that's a, a big credit to Garrett Bowles. And I'm not trying to you know take anything away from his level of play. I'm a huge huge Garrett Bowles fan. Have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. But again, aging veteran, been around for a long time. Um, been in this locker room for a long time. Um, the the contract is right for you to move on for him regardless if you trade him or not i mean i i firmly believe they're going to restructure him let me let me put this let me put this out there i firmly believe they're going to restructure garrett bowles i firmly believe they're going to restructure justin simmons those are players are probably not going to move on from and i say that for a reason let's just put that out there like that i just i can understand why you would move on from players like that players like Garrett Bowles, players like Justin Simmons, because as it currently stands right now, this team is one in five. They've been embarrassed multiple different times for the mm-hmm. last two seasons, including a 70 to 20 drumming against the um, Miami Dolphins where granted Justin Simmons didn't play, but this time to reset 
everything. Those two players aren't making you a winning team right now. They're not. They're not going to make you a winning team in three years when you're ready to be a winning team. And that I'm not going to say is a problem, but it's a, a, a solution moving on from players like that, given their contract status, given their age, given their, their viability in the locker room, moving on from those guys at the height of their powers at the height of their trade value is why they have been brought up in this discussion tonight. And Mike, I definitely agree, agree with you. You need a good young left tackle for a, a, a good left tackle for a young quarterback. I don't disagree with that, but that's the reasoning behind why we brought those players up tonight. Yep, definitely. And then he comes in uh, with another super chat. Thank you, Mike, for coming in. We appreciate he's coming you at me. He's, he's coming. Com- at yeah, me. he's coming. It's, it's a good conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, he Mike. He says, "Let's buddy pump the brakes in a world of a perfect." In a, in a perfect world, I guess, make believe we could let these players go where they want. We need draft capital, not friends. Oh, I don't disagree yeah. with that. And I, I yeah, Mike, yeah, we don't we don't disagree with that at all. You know, again, we it, this this team definitely needs all the draft ammunition that it could get mm-hmm. um, to just have more darts to throw at when it comes to draft time. You know, again, the, we we're, we're going to sound like a broken record, but this team needs to rebuild. Mm-hmm. This yep. team needs to rebuild and, yep. you know, getting returns from, you know, um, players we trade would be the perfect way to do it. You know, um, I know it's been brought up that you know, a lot of people want to start over at quarterback. Right. So, you know, it's been fantasized that Broncos are going to take Caleb Williams, Drake May, you know, you know, so it's, you know, people want to start there and then kind of build the trenches and go from there. But, you know, the, the more capital that the Broncos have, you know, they, they maybe can do some maneuvering in the draft to kind of help them set up for success. So yeah, we don't disagree with you at all on this. No, team, no, you're, you're, you're good. And like, and like Ron and I've um, talked about a little bit, you know, don't, you don't want to take the, the, you know, the half eaten ham sandwich or a bag of chips or something like that for any of these players, like hold out for the value you're supposed to be able to yes. get out of those guys. Uh, Simmons, I think is actually worth that. I think Garrett Bowles is worth a fourth. If you can, if you can get yeah. a fourth round pick from somebody like that, um, Cortland Sutton, I'd be happy for a fifth. If if you could get a fifth round pick for Cortland Sutton, I think you should be able to take that. Jerry Judy, I know for a fact from source information here, um, multiple different reports as well. The Broncos were asking for a number two and a number four, so a, a second and a fourth round pick last year, like in this offseason, mm-hmm. trying to move him. Yep. Then Tim Patrick went down and they bumped their their asking price up. They're like, well, we're not going to move on from him unless you guys can give us that first round value which is like a, a two and a three, not a two and a four. They're asking for a first round value. I think you can get a three for Justin Simmons. I think you can get a four for, for Garrett Bowles. For Jerry Judy, I'm looking for a three and a five. Like, three, like yeah. that's that, like a three and a five. If you can get a three and a mm-hmm. five for Jerry Judy right now, th- the problem is he's coming up on his fifth year option. You need to pay him. He hasn't produced like the 15th overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. So, Again, here we go with the problems conversation. But at the same time, like y- you need to understand that there there is some value for these players. Let's not overinflate it, though. You're not getting a first round pick for Jerry Judy. Right. You're, you're not getting a second round pick for Cortland Sutton. You're not getting a first round pick for for Justin Simmons. That's that's not it. Let's take what you can get and make it the right value and also be able to rebuild this roster because those third, fourth, fifth round picks, they're what builds your depth. Those are the players you expect to build the depth. And that's what this team needs so much more 
then they do need quality starters. Don't get me wrong here to, to like misconstrue this. They need depth bad. This team is bad, bad, bad in terms of depth. Mm-hmm. So you need to have the top end picks. And that's why I think, let me bounce this off of you. What do you think of trading pass or tan? I don't want that to happen. I really I don't, don't want it. I, I, you know, oh, go, go, sorry. Let, let, let me preface this. I don't want it to happen, but I think it should happen. Ooh, interesting. You know, so I would say it like this. I don't want it to happen, but I don't think it's completely off the table. Because, okay. yeah, you know, because, you know, he's the one, you know, like we mentioned, outside of Simmons, he gives you the highest value that there is. He's the number one trade piece on this. On he's the, the number one chess piece on this roster to move. And you you know you're going to get some premium you know, return compensation for him. So, you know, I, again, I'm, I I won't be, you know, the biggest fan if it happens. But again, I would understand because you're going to need, again, that ammunition to try to rebuild this team. And Dylan comes in here. Thank you, Dylan. If you're only getting two first for BS2, hang up the phone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with this. Yeah. I let me Let me explain my thoughts here, guys. Because Eric and I talked about it briefly uh, last night uh, towards the end of the show. I don't want to trade PS2. I don't think that the Broncos are going to trade PS2. In fact, I know they're asking for three first and two seconds to start conversations. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Let's let's be honest here. If you can get the Jalen Ramsey trade P, uh, trade package, two first and a fourth, you maybe listen a little bit. Two ones and two twos would be ideal. If you can get two first and two seconds for Patrick Sertan, you have to really, really consider that. And the reason why is because, like I said, you're, you're trading off all your veteran pieces because those are the pieces you're going to be able to help to rebuild the core of this roster, the depth right. of this roster. Just upgrade the talent overall from top to bottom. If you're trying to move on from a piece, and yes, Pat Sertan is cornerback one. He is the best cornerback in the NFL. Sauce Gardner can bite my ass. Like, like I'm, 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 I'm part of my language here. I don't care. PS two is number one in the NFL. He is number one. Yeah. And, he is. but he also brings you the best value in return. Does one Patrick Sertan make your defense better than number 32 in the NFL this season? Answers. No guys. The answer is no. He's, he's been playing really well. And this team is still 32nd on defense right now. Like you need help on edge. You need help in the interior. You need help at linebacker. You need help at safety. You also need help at cornerback minus Pat Sertan. Like you need quality starters everywhere across the roster. How do you get quality starters through the draft? Like that's the way you get quality starters is helping finding, identifying talent through the draft and retooling your roster. And if you can get two firsts and two seconds for Patrick Sertan and those two, those two players turn into a quality edge, a quality cornerback, and a quality safety and a quality interior defensive lineman. So four starters that are quality players for one elite player. You have to consider that. It's it's you called rebuilding a roster. You have to think about it. Yeah, again, all, all options should be on the table, right? But if you trade them, of course, that opens up. I need that corner. But again, you have to kind of worry about, you know, and then of course at corner, right. All you'll have right then is the Mari Mathis and, and Moss. Right. So you'll have right. to kind of fill that board, but you're right. in the sense that 
one elite player, you can get four or five quality starters, you know, through the draft mm-hmm. to kind of help rebuild the trenches, rebuild the offense as a whole. But, yes. And, and, and like Dylan says here, you have to assume that those picks, the picks hit. hit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like you've got to do a good job identifying exactly. these players. Um, I, I, I trust Sean Payton's ability in the draft. I like I, I get that. Like, like Sean Payton has one of the greatest draft classes ever. Let's be honest here. Ryan Ramschek, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Alvin Kamara, Trey Hendrickson. Those were his yeah. first four draft picks in the 2017 NFL draft. Excuse me. Like four quality starters and three of them still currently reside with the Saints. Like it, give your give your team the best opportunity to actually rebuild. Because like I said, and this is not me bagging on PS2. I wanted to be here. I think that he should be here. He is a cornerstone player for this team and he is the best player on the roster by far there's no debate but if you need to reset everything around him and every and not just the defense on the offensive side of the football as well and quarterback yeah like you need to reset everything around him in three years you have to then pay patrick sertan does he want to stay here does he want to be in a team that has now lost 13 straight seasons, essentially, by the time that you get there? Like, you, you have to bring all of this into consideration. Yep. If you move on from him now, then maybe you get the most overall value of Pastor Sertan. Because, again, this defense is going to get shredded down and thrown in the garbage, and he's going to be the one piece left. Is it going to be enough to make you turn into a winning season? Right. Yeah, all good points. Um, so I'm looking at the chat. I think that is all the super chats and the chats I see here. I don't see anything else. I guess we can start to wrap up, Lance. Um, so again, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, it's been a very good conversation. Um, kind of doing some of these trade candidate speculations has been, been great. Again, meet and greet. We'll see some of you guys there next Sunday. October 22nd and power field at mile high lot E. Okay. So again, I'm looking forward to seeing if not all, most of you come and say, Hey, um, and let's, let's talk Broncos. Um, in the meantime, please like, make sure you hit that like button on the way in. You share all platforms and then you subscribe if you haven't already. And we will see you guys next week. Lance, did you have any other uh, words for us before we head on? Uh- no, just make sure you guys get at, get at us on Twitter. You can find me at Lance S underscore MHH for Ron at Ron White NFL. Um, and also, you guys stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. And as always, go Broncos. Go Broncos. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.